Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. An ugly, ugly, ugly day for John Gruden, for the Raiders, for the NFL, for everybody. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up and fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. John Gruden is out as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and justifiably so, after emails were released to the New York Times that followed up the emails last week that were dealing with some racist language, and now we are dealing with some homophobic language and some misogynistic language as well. When you read it, it's not hard to figure out that John Gruden, Gruden was going to be out of a job pretty quickly. Here's Adam Schefter, our ESPN NFL insider, telling us just how we got here. It started on Friday when the Wall Street Journal reported on John Gruden's racial trope about the executive director of the NFLPA, Damara Smith, which was uncovered essentially during the emails of the NFL's investigation into workplace conduct with the Washington football team. Amazing how an investigation about the Washington football team led to the downfall of John Gruden, but it did. And it continued on over the weekend because the NFL said it was basically completely turned off to the idea of what John Gruden said and it stood against everything the league strives for. I think the league was waiting for Mark Davis to take some sort of action that he publicly never did. There was a brief statement that he would handle it with John and it would stay private, but I don't think the league was very happy and pleased with what transpired. And there were more emails sent to Mark Davis on Friday that were equally offensive, but much more extensive. And I think that they waited to hear something from Mark Davis that didn't come. And when it didn't come, lo and behold, here comes the New York Times with seven years worth of emails that dated back to 2011, that went up to 2018, in which John Gruden used sexist, racist, and homophobic terms and emails he sent to the former Washington football team executive, Bruce Allen. Mark Davis drove to the facility, met with John Gruden. John Gruden resigned. And his resignation comes, ironically enough, during Monday Night Football. What's remarkable to me is exactly how John Gruden thought somehow he was going to get through this. Because he made this statement yesterday, knowing full well what was coming in terms of the contents of these emails. This is uh, prior to his decision to resign. I'm not going to rehash the event again, I think. um I feel very good about um, uh, the things I have learned. I also feel really good about what I stand for, as I said yesterday. And uh, I'll be happy to talk about football, but um, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I don't know how you can feel very good about what you stand for. This is about a lot of different things here. But let's start with just the basics. It's not about what you put in an email. This is about your thoughts. And I understand that we have all had private conversations, the contents of which, if they ever became public, we would be embarrassed by. This is more than embarrassing when you read the language that was used. And John Gruden knew that more was coming when he acknowledged that he had used a derogatory term in relation to the commissioner of the NFL. 
It's sickening what he had to say. And so when he actually went ahead and acknowledged in advance of the story being released, including the contents of the emails, he knew what was coming and yet somehow thought he was going to make it through. And it's, it's remarkable what role hubris can play when it comes to believing that you're Teflon in a lot of ways. And he thought he got through the weekend okay, and that was going to be it. And then he knew that there was more coming. Well, we'll be able to get through this. No, it became quickly apparent when those words are put in print that he had absolutely no business continuing to coach the Las Vegas Raiders. When this past offseason, you had your very first openly gay player in the NFL come out while active in the league and acknowledge what they were about. You want to be really sickened? Here's what John Gruden said about Carl Nassib back in June when Carl Nassib came out. What makes a man different is what makes a man great. Wow. John, please stop. Publicly being one thing and privately being another, that's, that's nothing new for anyone. But when you talk about, in Gruden-esque terms, about what makes a man great by being different, I mean, that's just typical. Like, there's coach speak and there's Gruden speak. And this is beyond insulting to not just the many groups that he offended in all of this, That's sickening in and of itself, but the pure lack of understanding of what he said. And in your final statement with the Raiders saying, I never meant to hurt anyone. That's hurtful language that he used in print. It's not just about having written it down, it's about having used it to begin with and being a public figure and actually thinking that somehow you're going to skate on it. It's offensive language, period, no matter who you are. But to go above and beyond that and to still think somehow, I'm going to get through this, that's John Gruden thinking the world is stupider than he is. We are just getting started on Greeny today. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. In just moments, the fallout and the continued other aspects of this. And really a big question would be this. If just these few emails got out, out of 650,000 emails that involved Daniel Snyder, and the league's investigation into him? How is it that just a few emails about John Gruden got out, and why? We will ask one of our NFL insiders in just moments. Dan Graziano joins us on set next on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists. Like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. John Bruton, out as Las Vegas Raiders head coach. So let this be a lesson to a lot of people out there. What's done in the dark eventually comes to the light. He's a bad guy. He's a bad person. I can't call him a racist. I can't call him that, but I know what you used. Not all that surprising. John Gruden is out of a job today. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. With more on the story regarding John Gruden and the Raiders, we welcome in our NFL insider Dan Graziano joining us on set. Danny, how you doing? Good, Chris. How you doing? Doing great. Appreciate the time, and I know it's been a busy morning considering everything that's been going on. So, Dan, just first of all, the, the comments are abhorrent, we know this, but what was your reaction when you saw the additional emails getting released after what happened on Friday? I, I, my reaction was that there's no way he makes it through this. I mean, I, I was a little surprised that nothing happened last Friday, uh, and he coached the game, and it seemed like there were no consequences coming, but obviously this was not going to be... Um, on top of everything that happened Friday, there was no way that he was going to survive this, and my, my thought was... There will probably be some sort of announcement tonight, which you know, there was. It's hard to believe because he clearly knew what was coming because he had he spoke of it in advance. That did he actually think just from an educated guess that he could get through this? I think I think last Friday I think there was a sense that you know it was it was one email one comment and as terrible as it was and again I'm not saying I believe this but I I think that 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 Gruden thought that maybe there was a way to, to get through it, right? But then when the, the avalanche of new stuff came out last night and now you've added it to, to, to what, was, what was found out on Friday, then there was no way to overcome that. But yeah, I, I do think, I mean, again, he coached the game on Sunday and I think he felt like he had addressed his team and that they were kind of moving past it. Whether that would have been the case or not, uh, we'll never know because obviously something happened to push it in, in the other direction. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joining us on set. The people I feel particularly bad for today, in addition to all of the people that he offended, were the people that backed him up. Some of his players on Sunday, the guys like Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs, who tried to support their head coach. Knowing what a locker room is like, Danny, how are guys like that feeling today? Well, I think, you know, talking to some of the players that, that we work with here, right, like what it's like in the locker rooms, you, you get a sense of it. Um, yeah, I think it's, first of all, whenever a coach loses his job, 
uh, there's, it, it sends a little bit of a ripple through the locker room, right? Especially during a season, you kind of have to reset. But I think, you know, it, it's not hard for players to reset, right? And start, okay, well, we got, a, we got another game this week, right? Mm-hmm. We, this guy is now the coach. Let's listen to what he has to say. I'm going to do what I need to do to get myself ready to play the game. I'm going to help my teammates get ready to play the game. And, you know, if, if whatever, whatever the Raiders players think of John Gruden, whether they think he's a good guy who was done wrong, whether they think he's a terrible guy that deserved to get fired, whatever that is, and I'm sure there's a variety of opinions on the man in that locker room, uh, whatever that is, they, they will probably have very little trouble getting focused on the next opponent because that's what's, that's what's present and real in their world, and, uh, it, and it's, it's not hard to, to focus on that. And we have to believe at this point, in virtually any capacity, it's nearly impossible for John Gruden to work again, isn't it? I would think so. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, considering... Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. But yes, I, from this standpoint, have, it having just happened last night... And considering every everything that went into it, it would be hard for me to imagine a circumstance in which someone would would seek to hire him. Think about, it. I mean, like he was in a broadcast booth for for a decade, right? And there were teams that reached out, but you know, the longer you go between coaching stints, even if there isn't stuff like this attached to you, the less appealing a candidate you become. And this is going to make him toxic, I would think. Okay, so we and, understand, and justifiably so, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. of course, and. and- and we now pull the curtain back on it because it feels like now that all of this is out there, all right, why did it get out there yeah. right now? This all came from 650,000 emails that the league got in investigating the Washington football team situation. So, Danny, why do you think it came out right yeah, now? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to sit here and speculate. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know. And, and unless I have... You know, unless I have evidence of something, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to assert it. Um, I will say this: that this kind of thing will make the digging more intense for what else is in those emails, right? What else was turned up in this investigation that the NFL did not want to make public? I think people will continue to try and uncover more and more, and I think you know more will come out about this. Obviously, it was something serious. Uh, there was a sanction against Dan Snyder and the Washington football team. I think a lot of people felt like it didn't go nearly far enough. Uh, and, and again, the, the details of the investigation were not made public. This, I just said this on Get Up. I mean, this is what journalism's for, is to, is to uncover stuff that people in power want to hide and hold them accountable. And I think that's, that, that's what you'll see continue as people continue to dig into this. Kind of feels like we're just scratching the surface here. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joining us. Let's turn to some actual football. Last night you tweeted during the game, and I don't know who could argue with you right now. Lamar Jackson's the MVP again. And there are a lot of people who feel pretty foolish yeah really thinking back about his ability to throw the football when he beat them primarily with his arm last night with over 400 yards that was amazing first quarterback in NFL history with 400 yards and an 85 percent completion percentage in a game right so like it's not it's not like he threw it 60 times and completed 35 I mean look he was masterful and yes all right is he you don't like to see the fumbles because that was a problem when he was a rookie and you hope that that's been cleaned up but he is they're four and one. I mean, this was a team going into the season where, like, how are they going to win games yeah. considering the injury situation? Considering how many guys they've lost, they still don't have their left tackle. They're still thin in the secondary. They're down to their fourth string running back. The wide receiver they picked in the first round hasn't played yet. He is the re- he is the he is the sun in the Baltimore Ravens solar system. Everything revolves around him. They love him. They believe in him. 
They fight for him, and you can tell why. He is a guy that seems determined to do whatever it takes to win, not just in the moment in the game, but in the big picture. What do I need to work on to get better? So, and you can see the way he's developing as a thrower. Not a quarterback, a thrower. He's already a fully and outstandingly developed quarterback. He was coming into the league. People forget how good he was at Louisville. Uh, he's a natural leader. I, I just There's nothing not, nothing not to like. And you tweet something like that and you hear, oh, but what about Justin Herbert? What about Kyler Murray? What about, yes, all those guys are having a great season. I don't know who the MVP is going to be. There's 12 more weeks. Yep. Right now, if you had to cast a vote right now for MVP of the first five weeks, which I know is not an award, I don't know how you can watch him play and think there's anybody who could be more valuable to his team. I'll tell you something else. He's the best show in the game right now. Oh, you now. can't take your eyes off of him. Absolutely not. It is, it is absolutely mesmerizing to watch the guy play. I got to get up at four in the morning, and <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the clock like, well, I can't go to bed. I don't know what he's going to do next. I mean, he's bringing him back from, what, 19 points down. Yeah. Unbelievable. ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano joining us in studio today, giving us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. All right, Danny, speaking of injuries, you just mentioned a bunch. Boy, the Giants are in a rough situation right now with everybody that they already had sidelined and now Barkley and Daniel Jones and Andrew Thomas and Kenny Galladay. It just continues to get worse and worse by the day. At this point, even though they may not all be long-term, is this season, where it is now, salvageable for the Giants? I mean, it's tough. This was not some great team to begin with, right? I mean, they weren't having a lot of success when guys were healthy, and now this continues to... Look, I mean, the thing with Saquon, it sounds like he'll miss some time, not necessarily a, a significant season-ending type of thing. Same with Kenny Galladay, same with Kadarius Tony. We don't know how much time they'll miss, but it doesn't sound like it'll be a ton. Daniel Jones' concussion. We don't. Different people progress through the concussion protocol differently. He could he play Sunday? Sure. Might he need a couple weeks? Sure. We don't know. But this is a team that can't afford. I mean, they're still building a roster there. They're still trying to build back to competitiveness, uh, tied with the Jets for the most losses in the league since the start of the 2017 season. It's not a program that's in a good place. And when a team like this that knows it lacks roster depth starts suffering injuries at key positions, it, things can get bad very quickly, as we saw on Sunday against the the. Cowboys who have a much better and much deeper roster and they're going to run into a problem here because with Saquon Barkley they're going to have to make a decision after this season and it doesn't feel like there's much of a decision to be made right now Well, right now right they have the fifth year option on him for 2022 so they have him through that year but the question is what kind of contract extension do you give Saquon Barkley who's already missed so many games and it's a it's a problem they I, I don't know there's no way they've made up their minds Right, and they have mm-hmm. to see how the rest of this season goes. But if he's now going to miss games again, then you have to factor that in when you put a, a long-term value on it. I don't know uh, what Saquon Barkley would find on the open market if he were to hit the open market after 2022. I don't know what his trade value would be. Uh, but again, he's a guy that so far in his time in the league has had a hard time staying healthy. Nobody likes to put that label on a guy, but objectively, you know, he's missed too many games. Cross town in New York, Dan, the Jets. Zach Wilson, the way he's playing right now, it feels like the default setting for Zach Wilson is when it's not there, throw it as far as you can and try to make something happen because it worked at BYU, but it's not going to work in the NFL. No, and people default to what their strengths are, and he can certainly throw the heck out of the ball. Look, this is a... This is a project, right? And, and, and I don't mean him. The entire Jets thing is a project. The coaching staff is inexperienced, talented, smart, but inexperienced, right? So, uh, and you have a quarterback that you're trying to break in who's young and inexperienced. The people around him are young and inexperienced. So it wasn't going to look pretty for the Jets this year. The question is, 
what do they find that they can build on going forward? How much better does Zach Wilson look and how much has he learned by the end of this season so that you spin it into 2022 and you say, yes, we can build on this. Yes, he showed this. Yeah, he showed growth in this area. That's what you want. It's not what fans want to hear because Jets fans are hearing it all the time, but it's unfortunately the fact when you're starting over at coach, at quarterback again like they are. Two more for Dan Graziano, our ESPN NFL insider. Are the Chiefs in trouble? I think the Chiefs will be fine because they're run by people and who they're run by people who know how to pull out of this. So the defense has shown an ability to get better over the course of the year since Steve Spagnuolo has been there. It's had its its rough patches, but has been there in the big games. Patrick Mahomes, you'd put your money on him any day of the week. They have issues. They need they they need to find somebody at wide receiver besides Tyreek Hill, and the defense needs to get healthy if it's going to fix itself. But I do think the Chiefs are a team that uh, that knows that, that knows what to do to get where they need to be. Okay. Lastly, let's throw a massively irresponsible hypothetical at you. Oh boy. <laughs> we'll go to Dallas. The Cowboys are playing great. They Kellen are. Moore is now becoming a thing again, and you're gonna sure. get the sense that he's gonna be the next big name as a head coach this coming offseason. So I think I ha- know where you're going with this. Having said that, would Jerry in order to keep Kellen Moore at the end of the year, depending on how this all plays out, potentially let Mike McCarthy go if the only way to keep him was to make him the head coach. I think depending on how this plays out is really the key phrase there. It allows me to hedge, first of all. Mm-hmm. But I also think you have to, right? Because I don't, I mean, we, we don't, Mike McCarthy takes a lot of hits and, and he makes a lot of mistakes and, and, and all that. But he's also heavily involved in personnel acquisition over the last couple of years. And a lot of that's gone very well for the Cowboys. So you have to, you have to give him credit there. Look, I, I don't know. Kellen Moore is going to be somebody that teams want to talk to for head coach openings if the year continues as it's gone. Obviously, the offense is outstanding and that leads to head coach openings for coordinators. So, yeah, where are they at the end of the season? Are they Super Bowl champions with Mike McCarthy waving a Lombardi trophy around? Then the answer to your question is going to be no, right? (laughs) But we have seen teams that weren't in that situation make that move. Uh, Tampa Bay jumps to mind after Jameis Winston's rookie year. Dirk Cutter was, Mm -hmm. you know, so uh, it wouldn't be unprecedented, but I can't answer that without knowing what the next three months hold, three, four months. As always, awesome insight, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, giving us the straight talk. And in 30 seconds, we get into the continued fallout from John Gruden and the bigger picture issues that surround the league with it. First up, though, this is for all the ones who get it done. Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com. Or just stop by. We mentioned with Dan a few minutes ago that there were players who stood up for John Gruden the other day. And those are the guys I want to focus on for a moment. Listen to Josh Jacobs the other day after the game when he was asked about the emails and all of the issues that had popped up to that point regarding John Gruden and potential use of racist comments in that email yeah I mean uh he came to the team um before it all got out um and he kind of talked to us he had a team meeting and kind of just laid everything out of um 
what how, how <laughs> of how you know what I'm saying the situation that occurred and, and things like that. And I mean, man, I mean, I've been around this guy for for three years now. Um, I've never I've never felt a certain type of way about him. You know what I'm saying? He never he's never rubbed me a certain way like that type of way. Um, I mean, what he said was what he said at the end of the day too. But I mean, I I, I definitely trust him. Um, and I mean, man, it was ten years ago. I mean, people grow. And he was not the only one. The guy who leads that football team is the quarterback, Derek Carr. I don't want to get into detail of what he said to us, but at the same time, when we left that meeting, we, we didn't take it as how it came out. You, you know what I'm saying? And so when it came out, we were, we were like, oh, dang. Now this, you know how it goes in media now, it's going to get blown up. And, you know, even if people don't know him, they're going to catch on to that. But, yeah, it was – I talked with Charles Davis. You know, he did our game. And he knows, you know, they were together for a long time, you know. And, and I told him, he said, when the article came out, were you shocked? I said, I was very shocked because he's never shown anything like that kind of um, characteristics at all. When you get continued issues like that and you make those kind of statements on Sunday and then Monday, more comes out. If you're a player on that football team, as much as we talk about with Dan that you can turn the page you probably feel pretty silly. That's also where Gruden put his team in an impossible situation. Not only are you the head coach knowing what's coming, knowing the comments that you have made before, knowing and specifically saying that you had called Roger Goodell a slur, a name, and then it somehow was just going to blow over when you are coaching the only openly gay player in the NFL right now? That's what you honestly believe you're going to be able to navigate your way through? Wow. It is having zero respect for your player's ability to understand situations, but really zero respect for your players in general when you just say, no, 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 it's just this. And then, well, no, it's more than this. You're, you're in essence lying to your players. And then there's the bigger picture. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Chris Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. That bigger question to me today is this. Not just why now, but why is it that you have 650,000 emails pertaining to Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team? And just three or four, or however many there were, a handful come out now in relation to John Gruden. What doesn't necessarily matter is how they got out there. They're out there, and you cannot put, you know, the worms back in the can, so to speak. But now, it's why are they out there now, and how is it possible that when this comes from an investigation into the Washington football team, knowing everything that we know about Dan Snyder, that more details were not provided in that investigation into Snyder. That was about as open and shut in terms of information that the league provided us after that investigation as you can get. They were giving you absolutely nothing beyond what they needed to. 
Just speaking in generalities of the behavior was bad, it was a bad culture, here's a $10 million fine, which as we all know is pocket change for Daniel Snyder. Here is the league saying your wife is going to be in charge of the team for the next year or however long it is. You know what's interesting to me? It wasn't that long ago. In fact, it was in the spring that Dan Snyder was filing a motion in court to get all of the emails that Bruce Allen had ever sent because he felt Bruce Allen was the one that was releasing all of the bad information about him and the Washington football team and the horrible culture that was going on behind the scenes. So in one hand, you have everything that Gruden has done because of what's transpired in Bruce Allen's emails. That's why it's out there. The Washington football team, why it's out there. You have all of that. And it does have a sense of feeling like, hey, don't pay attention to what's going on behind the curtain. Look over there. And that, to me, continues to insult the intelligence of the fan. And frankly, the 40 female employees who were represented by an attorney who were just remarkably outraged by what transpired, that he was only given a fine and told to step away from the day-to-day operations and he's going to worry about a stadium. Oh, a stadium, a new stadium. You know, FedEx Field is not 70 years old. But the league always wants new stadiums. So get focused on that, Dan, and then you'll be back in charge soon enough. Something tells me he's still calling a lot of the shots behind the scenes. And when I see this kind of information come out, yet there is such a massive amount and 650,000 emails pertaining to a completely different subject altogether that doesn't come out, it makes you shake your head just a little bit, doesn't it? Greeny, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. 
Tennessee, Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. You know they're going to put the ball in the air here at some point. Second and goal. There it is. Caught. Touchdown. Marquise Brown. And this game is over. A furious comeback. It belongs to the Baltimore Ravens. I don't understand people that don't feel like Lamar Jackson is not the most exciting player in the league. Last night, 37 of 42. And he can't throw the football? Where was the understanding there? Where are the 31 other teams that wanted to go in a different direction? The only one I would knock at this point from the 2018 draft, or not knock, would be the Bills for taking Josh Allen. Because everybody else, and I'm including the, certainly the Cleveland Browns, I'm including the Giants for taking Saquon Barkley instead, and getting Daniel Jones a year later, I'm including everybody else who had their opportunity. The Cardinals had taken Josh Rosen, even though they ended up with Kyler Murray. Look, you have a player here who is just lights out and amazing to watch. And this is Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. He is the MVP right now. How can you see otherwise? He's been an MVP in the league already. And everybody's knock on Lamar Jackson is that he can't be accurate with the football. 37 of 42. He can only run it. You know, it's 62 yards last night, and there's no doubt it is a big part of his arsenal. And you have to do enough to make sure that he's not going to cough up the football, which is still a bit of an issue for him, and that he's going to be able to stay healthy with the shots that he takes. This is the single biggest problem that faces the Baltimore Ravens. It's not that he gets clocked all the time. He still gets hit enough that you have to, and for lack of a better term, just continue to pound into him the idea that he needs to become like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback I've ever seen with mobile skills, who gets on the ground in the appropriate way, slides at the appropriate time. I'll give you an example. You watched the Giants-Cowboys game the other day. Daniel Jones is running a bootleg to the left, and he has two Cowboys in front of him between him and the goal line, and he's at the five-yard line. How is the instinct right there Not to slide, but to try to take on two defenders when you are three years into the league and you play the most important position on the field to your football team. This is what Lamar Jackson has to make sure he does, and he does it a decent amount right now. But this show is way too good, and he is just so important to the Ravens. He truly, not just in the numbers that he puts up, 
but he truly defines what it means to be the most valuable player to your team's success. Think about all the injuries that the Ravens had early this season they continue to deal with. Think about the fact that Marquise Brown couldn't catch the football. Couldn't catch a a cold, let alone the football. And Jackson is still there right now. He's finally getting Rashad Bateman back, who's a big target for him. He has made Mark Andrews into a terrific tight end, putting up extremely good numbers. He has done so many things across the board that have helped that football team win games. It's nothing short of marvelous to watch him play. Lamar Jackson is the best show in all of sports right now. Please explain to me who else is better. 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. Who's a better show in all of professional sports right now than Lamar Jackson? That question is on the table for you. According to Forbes, companies are working to fill millions of jobs in an epic hiring spree. So where do they turn? The answer, my friends, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates and makes it easy to invite your top choices to apply. Try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. When you have a 430-yard performance throwing the football and you can run around the field with reckless abandon, you have to find ways to protect yourself a little bit better, but you are the best show in sports. I can't think of another professional athlete that I would put on that exact same level right now that I would rather watch play than Lamar Jackson. And I don't think that's a ridiculously outlandish statement. There are plenty to choose from that are 1A to his 1. But in my mind, he is a definitive 1 at the top of that list. The fallout from John Gruden's departure. Next, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.